Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. One of the things that I've discovered about this journey is that sometimes you are going to learn more from one single person than you may from a million people combined. And that's how I felt when I sat down for today's episode to record with my friend, Jim Palmer, who is the dream business coach. If you know Jim, you may know that he's been featured in the New York Times, NBC, CNN, Chicago Tribune. He's also known affectionately as Captain Jim. And 
he helps people discover how to create their dream businesses. Now, obviously, guys, you know that this podcast is not an entrepreneurial or business-focused podcast. And so we're not going to have a business-focused conversation, nor do we ever. But what's interesting about the conversation that I have with Jim today is that we go deep into this concept around creating your dream life, around building a dream business. And as you know, for myself, really, the truly, the greatest sense of freedom that I've had as being an entrepreneur is chasing my dreams and trying, going for it, even though it's hard, even though it's uncomfortable, even though there's some days where I'm like, yo, how am I going to eat today? Right. And that's been the journey for 13 years. I'll tell you in doing and in, in going down this path and exploring this journey, this has given me more healing than anything else. I know that sounds odd, but, but hear me out. When you step into creating a business to be an entrepreneur, to chase your dream, like really, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be business or entrepreneur. You could be, you know, an entrepreneur and go be a CEO or COO or work as an executive for a company. When you chase your dream, it is going to be hard. It is going to be daunting. It is going to be exhausting. It's going, there's going to be days where you're like, man, why am I even doing this? Why am I chasing this dream? Why, why do I even bother? I could just go work over here and make 50 grand a year and get insurance and be good. But there's something that calls us. There's something that we want desperately to push ourselves into the unknown. It's just like at some point in life, you have to take a really hard look at yourself and ask yourself, is this worth it? The thing that I'm not doing, is it worth it to not take the risk? Is it worth it to not have everything? And Jim's story is fascinating. Guys, I'm telling you right now, when I sat down, I was just listening. And this is actually one of the longer episodes that I think I've ever done because it was just like we were going and we were in this flow state and we were learning. And I was like, holy crap, man, like I get this thing. And Jim went from absolute rock bottom, broke, lost everything, and still has found a way to rebuild his life through following that dream, choosing to bet on himself, and finding the tools and community that he's needed to create the life that he wants. And as I listen back to this episode, I just feel like, man, if, if you guys really listen to this today, everything in your life could be different. And I know I say that about all of our episodes and I mean it, I really truly do. But in this one, particularly because there are so many nuanced things that Jim goes into and just about shaping your life, not even about business, not even about entrepreneurship, but family and children and relationships and money and your partner and all of those things. And I'm very excited for this episode, my friends. So without further ado, here is Jim Palmer. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. And of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my friend, Captain Jim Palmer. Jim, my man, what is going on in your world today? Oh, it's a great fall day. This is actually, as we're doing this, it's the end of the day. So hopefully my tongue won't be too terribly tied. <laughs> but um, yeah, just enjoying life. And, and um, Michael, this is the first time in five years I'm not planning a route south because we're temporarily landlocked. We're no longer on the, on the boat, which is where I interviewed you a little while ago. 
Yeah, I was looking. I was like, where's the boat at, Jim? What's going on, <laughs> it's Captain? Right. It's there, and it's in front of me. I, my eyes are fixed on my beautiful boat. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome back to the land of the, the walking. Man, the you know. Family, friends, and taking care of elderly parents and things like that. It's, it's just part of life. It's life, dude. You know, it's funny, man. I think about that a lot. The older that I get, I, I just like, dude, life is life sometimes. And I sit here and I look at it and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, right? Because I think people will go, oh man, life is so terrible. It's not that life doesn't have moments, but like in between the bad is the good and in between the good is the bad. And you kind of have to go through it and you make meaning of it. But before we dive down that rabbit hole, which I know we're going to tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So the short version is I was 41 years old, VP of marketing for a training company, and I lost my job. I'd done very well for myself. So my giant ego told my wife not to worry. I'll be fielding multiple lucrative job offers in days, maybe weeks. Well, 18 months later, still unemployed, 12 months into the unemployment, I got cancer. And for about a month, I didn't know if my chance of being alive in five years was either 80% or 50%. So that really um, wreaks havoc on on how, your outlook on life and and regrets, things like that, or potential regrets. And I call that my, um, my season of crises, which, you know, brought me into a right relationship with the Lord and just a really healthy respect for how short life can be and how you got to pack everything into it. Um, I, I basically uh, was told, I got on my knees and prayed, but what am I supposed to do? Cause I'm like completely lost. I was told to become an entrepreneur. I said, all right, let's do it. My first year revenue free, as I like to call it, Michael. So it <laughs> took me one year to get my first client and then uh, I grew my first business uh, to about 300000 in five years. And then I, I learned about internet marketing and started five different internet companies. In 2009, I started coaching what is now the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. And that's my main income source today. Seven years ago, I stopped the old 80-hour work weeks and decided to work three days a week. And I structured my whole life around Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which is when I work with my clients. And that's when then Stephanie and I moved on that boat for a one year adventure that became our lifestyle over five different over five years. We traveled about 12,000 miles and now we're landlocked and uh, taking care of some family matters, which is part of life, as we said. Yeah, dude, that's wild. You know, it's it's funny because I became an executive VP of marketing for an international multi-million dollar company when I was 30. And and I think and that's outside of Think Unbroken, a company I'm still a part of. And so Think Unbroken is another business, obviously. And I think about the massive amount of stress that people, especially in executive leadership positions are under. I mean, uh, across my my companies, we're, we sit around 30 plus employees, right? And doing multi-million dollars in businesses. And dude, I'll have these days where today's a perfect example, Jim, where it's like up at 5.30, out the door at six, into the office by seven, hit the gym, do the thing, show up, do the meetings, blah, blah, blah. And then in the middle of it, I sit and I go, why am I doing this? And in that moment, what I always remind myself of is that I'm fulfilled and I'm happy. And I think a lot of times what happens is people, and, and you could be working anywhere, it doesn't matter. But as long as you're fulfilled, it seems to me that I'm willing to drive and I'm willing to go forward. But so many people get caught up and then life hits them. They lose the job. They find out they get cancer. And then all of a sudden they're in this place where it's like, oh man, I did all that hard work and I was feeling good about life and and things were great. And I was on top of the world. And like you talked about the ego thing, trust me, I've had multiple ego deaths in my leadership career. And, and I'm wondering like when you're faced with that moment, uh, two things come to mind. One, there's that space and place for, for lack of better phrase, ego death. And then there's that space for, okay, well, Jim, what are you going to do about it? And identity death goes, identity goes, death goes right with that, Michael, because, you know, in my own description, you know, I've done a lot of speaking. I said, I went from being an unemployed loser, my own language, because I'm watching neighbors go to work and I'm like, what is going on? I'm reading papers, applying and all these different things. I know now that, you know, God had different plans for me, which kind of put me through that whole thing. But in the process, I mean, again, I, I, I ran a, a um, national franchise and I, I did a lot of things. So I thought, man, it's going to be great, but this is what I was meant to do. And going through a lot of what I went through is part of what makes me a good coach today, right? It's, it is the broken mindset. It is feeling like you have no self-worth until you figure out what, is, what are your real gifts and talents 
and maybe can make a business out of those and, and serve others with the experience we go through. I, I did an interview just yesterday, Michael, and, and someone mentioned how you were supposed to share. It re reminded me when I got the cancer, which was melanoma, which I had never heard of until I got the diagnosis. And um, I shared it with all my family, including, you know, distant cousins. And two of my cousins went and had something checked, turned out to be melanoma because I shared it with them. Who knows? Lots of reasons why we go through things. But um, it, it's just interesting that so many of our experiences and what I learned is, you know, probably men and women, but I think probably a little bit more men, we are tied to our title, right? I mean, oh my God, hey, I'm a VP. I wanted to be a VP by 40. I made it and then then lost my job, right? But we're so driven by our identity, by who we think we are based on title or status or things like that. And I'm here to tell you, I've been really, really broken to use your terminology. And that's not, that's not who I was at all. Yeah. When, when you were in that, you know, I, I look at, I don't want to call that your rock bottom. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but when I hit mine at 25, you know, I'm looking at this life. It's like, dude, you made a million bucks. You're 50 grand in debt, 350 pounds. Life is this disaster. And, and I realized Jim, like my health was on the line. I got super sick. I actually almost died. I got this bacterial infection oh my God. and I was like, nobody's coming, dude. Ain't nobody coming to save your ass. Like, you. and and that was this really, really interesting moment for me because for the first time, it really felt like I was taking accountability of my life. What, what was it like for you in that moment? Because like to me, look, I don't, I've never had cancer. I don't know what that's like, but I do know what it's like to be on your literal deathbed. Like, am I going to make it through the night? Yeah. What, what was happening like in your life and in your, your mind in that moment? You know, um, I was I was getting uh, pretty desperate, but I also I mean we have four children, and um, when I lost my job, four kids still at home, four teenagers. So, oh wow! Uh, luckily, I, I the food bill was astronomical. I, God, for I don't know what it would be like today in today's <laughs> dollars, but but I still had four teenagers at home, and you know I was trying to do the right thing. I'm, I'm look, I'm finding work became my full time job, but believe me, there are moments I'm like, what have I done? I mean. Was it so important for me to climb and go from job to job and, and for more, 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 more? I had this thing. I wanted to have a boat my whole life. I wanted to have a house on a lake with a boat. And all that was just something. They were things that I was chasing, right? And I know that now. And there's nothing wrong with having things. But I look back at my, you know, kind of at, at those darkest moments. And believe me, even after I started my business, I went literally overnight from being an unemployed loser to the CEO of my own corporation because it said so on my glossy business card <laughs> that I got from Vistaprint. Right? Yeah. And then As I you're making like, more money. <laughs> oh my God. I had a chair and I, I set my office up. This is going to be great. And two months later, I'm like, I got no money coming in. <laughs> you know, I'm a business owner, but I got no money. And, you know, it was interesting when I was unemployed. Um, Stephanie told me about this group at church, which was for unemployed people. It was like a support group. I said, I ain't going to that. Why not? Oh, I'm going to stand there. Hey, I'm Jim. I'm unemployed. Well, maybe you can help somebody else. Maybe it's not about you. Mm -hmm. She told me that. I mean, she really hit me right in the eyes with that one. And it's true. I went there. And because of my experience, I was able to help a few other guys. And you know what happened? Things started turning for me a little bit. So I don't know. It's probably a long weaving answer, but I learned about being in service to others during that whole time. You know, one of the times that was really scary to us was um, we were approaching Thanksgiving and Christmas with like no money. And I'm starting to bankroll mortgage and things on credit cards, keeping the family afloat. Mm. And somebody knocked on our door and left like two huge bags of groceries, including a turkey and all the fixings and stuff. And I'm like, what in the hell was that? I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I'm like, that is amazing. I hope I can pay it forward someday. But all these different things started happening. And um, so I, I don't know if that answered your question, but it was uh, it, it was it was by far the most pivotal, pivotal moment in my life going through that. And by the way, the season of crises, um, a lot of times after you get cancer, you even, you know, you say you're going to be OK. The doctors say you're going to be OK. I mean, I go for like checkups three, four times a year the rest of my life. But you start wondering, well, why did that happen to me? Why me? Right. And um, our church, the men's group at our church gave out this book once, and it was called the seven seasons of the man in the mirror. 
And to me, I'm like, I ain't going to read that. I'm not going to read that. I was reading business books and mysteries. I'm not going to read that book, right? Well, I picked it up one night, Michael, and I flipped a table of contents. It turns out the author was actually an entrepreneur. So I said, oh, maybe let me see if this guy is talking about. And chapter three was called Season of Crisis. And uh, sometimes, you know, I hope you don't mind me talking about the Lord a lot, but the Lord will bless you with a season of crises to bring you into a right relationship with him. And that made sense to me because up to that point, I, I admit, I thought everything I was doing great was all on me. I'm great. And I know now that's not the case. But so that's why I went through all that. And as hard as it was, you know, we racked up over six figures in credit card debt. But all that was the turning point for me and just help me start the business and then grow from there. That's, I mean, that's a whole nother chapter about fixing mindset, you know, growing businesses and stuff. But that, that was, um, that was my, that was when I, that was honestly to use your language when I felt very, very broken. Yeah, man, that, that's really interesting to me. You know, it's what's laid in front of us so often is really a decision right? This is how I think about so much of life. It's like, it doesn't matter what it is, but something, whatever it is that's laid in front of you, it requires a decision. And I don't think people recognize what the decision actually is. And I think this applies to everything, Jim. And that decision yes. is how am I going to interpret what is actually happening right now? You know, for, for so many people, especially when they have these life altering moments, they go, Oh, why does everything hate me? Why does the universe hate me? Why does God hate me? Why does, you know, whatever, why is everyone against me? And I often sit and look at it and go, well, how is this benefiting me? What is here that I needed to know? How, how has this experience made me a better person, brother, entrepreneur, leader, friend, partner? And right. life, I don't, I don't think that you ever learn from success. Jim, I've never been like super successful at something and then took something of value from it. I, I can't recall a time where I've ever been like, oh, nailed it, Kobe. And then I was like, I learned something. No, but it's in those moments of, man, I made this leadership mistake. I made this business mistake. I ruined a relationship. I ruined a friendship. I was morbidly obese and overweight. Like I took something from all of those things. When when you were in this, because I, I get that place, man, especially when you're pushing, you're like, I want the lake house. I want the boat. I want this thing. Some of it's prideful, right? And that's fine. I don't think right. there's anything wrong with that. And part of it is like, I want it because it's going to prove to me that I'm capable of doing it. And then you're like, wait a second. Here's the baseball bat to the face. Are you sure you want it? And so what I'm curious about yeah. is, so you're in this place, you're in the rebound, you're building the business. And, and I understand the zero revenue first couple of years of a business. I don't think people really resonate with that, but you're, you're now in this thing where it's like, how bad do you actually want it, Jim? How do you navigate yeah. that moment? It, well, that is what in, um, well, first of all, you mentioned decide. I remember, so I interviewed you. I looked up as episode 496 of Dream Business Radio. And in there, you talked about successful people have the ability to decide. You went on, but I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if he knows. That's, well, that's, that was my sixth book. I brought it here. Decide. It's the ability to make decisions and move forward, to say yes or no, but not maybe. Maybe is a place where you go. I call it Squishyville because that's where opportunity goes <laughs> to die. So making a decision, right? Squishyville. Totally. Um, yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is that when when people move forward, you you have choices. That's a lot about coaching today. And sometimes coach people will come for branding and marketing, but it's so much of the mindset. Like how how badly do you want it? I'll give you an example. Um, I had a just a, a deathly fear of public speaking, like a lot of people. I almost didn't graduate high school because I wouldn't get up in front of history and, and read, you know, out of the book. Everybody. I would say, okay, wait, on Friday, it's going to be my turn. So I'd be sick on Friday. You know? There's so many things. And then when I became an entrepreneur, but, but especially when I started writing books, I started getting these opportunities to speak. And I'm like, thanks a lot. I'm really busy, but I really appreciate the opportunity. I would just not go. And I kind of hit this wall in my business. And um, in my book, Decide, I call it the 3 a.m. holy crap moment. And it looks like this, because it looked like this for me. It's three o'clock in the morning. You should be sound asleep with your businesses and things, but your eyes are wide awake. You're looking up at the dark ceiling going, holy crap, I can't pay my rent. Holy crap. I still owe this, that, and the other thing. Holy crap. I haven't had a new client. Everybody's been paid the business except me. Holy crap. Those are all holy crap moments. And what I say to people 
is that at that moment you get up and you go into the bathroom mirror and you look yourself in the eye. I don't know if you've ever looked yourself in the eye. I mean, when you shave, you're kind of looking there, but no, make eye contact in the mirror. It's really kind of creepy because you're like looking at, you can't escape yourself. And I said, why are you holding me back? I can't blame this on anybody else. There's no economy, no election, no this, no that. You're the one that's holding yourself back. And, you know, I've, I worked with some uh, really mentors on my mindset and stuff. And um, I created this thing. Well, I just named it. I didn't, I didn't create anything, but I call it um, extreme motivation. And what I figured out, Michael, is that we as as people and as business owners, we can justify anything we want. If I don't want to go speak, I'm not going to go speak. It's my business. I'm going to do it my way. But when things you when your decisions, the decisions you make affect people you really love and care about, that's when you have to step up. So about this time when I'm doing pretty good, but not great, my my youngest girls were wanting to go to college. And I always thought, well, I want as a parent, I want to help them go to college. Wasn't in a position to do that, right? I mean, making money's coming in, but I'm paying off all the debt, just doing different things. But I didn't really, wasn't throwing off enough money personally to help them with college. And I had twins, by the way, so everything's twice. <laughs> and um, wow, tw two weddings too, inside of a year. <laughs> so anyway, um, so my example of extreme motivation is this. Let's say you've just worked your 80 hours, you're, you're on the couch Friday evening, and your dog tired and somebody says, hey, I just found the networking event. Let's go. There's going to be some good prospects. Nah, I'm a little tired. I'm not going. So you hang up the phone. Ten minutes later, somebody calls. Hey, hey, Jim, it's, it's Bill. Man, I got to get my mom. She's she's I, I don't have a car. I got to get to the hospital or somebody's got a couch or this. We need to do so. You're you are going to get off your couch and go help your friend because we will always do things for others, groups, organizations, people way more than we'll do them for ourselves. So when I think of how badly do you want it? Sometimes if you really want to achieve something, you have to apply extreme motivation. Who are you letting down besides yourself by not taking this bold action and, and going after the big goals? Yeah. And in that, I think one of the things that I found has held true to me is like when you get that North Star, right, when you have put yourself in this position to be like, OK, this is what I'm doing. I'm being of service or I'm building this to help people or, you know, I want to make sure even though I have to work the second job, we got to make sure we can pay the rent and take care of the kids or it's I want to put myself through an education and a course and I've got to invest or whatever it is. Jim, you know, what I think is really fascinating, like motivation. I want to go on this because I want I want to see your thoughts and your, your opinions on this for me motivation is like the initial spark like it's amazing and it's beautiful but i've never been motivated when i'm sitting here doing something for the nine millionth time and right. i'm like tom bill you taught me this i don't know if you know tom or not i do so I know Tom's, who he is. I don't know him personally. So so Tom's been my mentor for a long time, and I'm sitting down with him one day, and we're talking, and and I've heard him say it before, but it never sat with me until like he like told me to my face because that's really the way I learn. He goes, dude, you know why you're not going to be successful? And I go, no, why? He goes, because the people who want to be entrepreneurs who are not willing to be able to navigate boredom will never make it. And I thought to myself, that's such a really good point because I found myself very capable of pushing through massive boredom mm -hmm. at times to be able to go and create the thing that I want to create. Because I don't think people really recognize that so much of really anything, whether you're training yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, building a business, writing a book, starting a podcast, like whatever it is initially there's the motivation and then you realize you actually have to do that same thing 64 million times. That's right. Motivation gets you started. Right? That's motivation is the fuel that kind of lights the rocket, but you need more than just motivation to get you started. I think you need, you need, you need a sense of purpose. I also think there's something in, in my world where um, you can have these goals, but people have these goals. Like they're so far out there. I use something called a stake in the ground, put a stake in the ground and I, I believe it or not, I learned this from that unemployment support group. And I said, <laughs> Aren't you glad you went? <laughs> I know, right? Who, who'd have thought? And um, so somebody was given a, a talk at the ahead of the class, and people are somebody's like, I've been unemployed at that point for maybe six, eight months. And somebody goes, well, I've been a year, year and a half, and they're feeling just utter despair. And this gentleman said, um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna project you into the future. Do you think in five years you'll have a job? Of course. How about three? Of course. How about two? Of course. Jim, you've been what, eight months? Do you think in, in another six months you'll have a job? And so you put yourself in the future where it's like, 
I can see that goal. Boom, that's your stake in the ground. Now start working backwards to shorten that cycle. But what happens if you if, if it's just out there and it's uncertain, you just keep it's like you're if you I've never done this before. But if you've been lost in the ocean, you're bobbing, you can't see land, you're swimming, swimming, you don't know where you're going. But if you could spot a buoy or a you know lighthouse or a boat and you, you have somewhere to go, it's kind of like your North Star. I like that expression. So um, I, I, I do think you need to have a, a stake in the ground and know where you're going. As far as the boredom, I can totally relate because I hate sitting down. And I mean, it's, I, wrote, I wrote six books like this, two fingers. I didn't pay attention in, in high school typing class. I'll never need that, right? And, That's um, funny. Luckily, I, you know, I make enough money, I can hire a good editor. But I remember when I started writing these books, and I, I, it was just painful to me, painful and boring. And so, you know, home-based office, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to spend the next hour writing my book. What, what was that? Did I hear the mailman? Let me just go get the mail, I'll bring it in. I bring it, I go outside to get the mail, a bird crapped in the car, let me go wash it off the windshield. Oh, let me get the, oh, the clothes are in the washer, let me put them in the dryer before I sit down. They'll... I kept making excuse after excuse instead of sitting down and writing. And then I figured out, you know, one of the keys to productivity is figuring out when you're most productive. For me, it was like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. When I wake up, I wake up like in the zone, rested, ready to go. But if, if the day starts kicking on and other things are around, I'm easily distracted. So what I did when I wrote my books is I would, I would get up like 4.30, 5 o'clock, put on some sweats or whatever, go down to my office the night before I had cleared my desk. I won't, I won't open Facebook, nothing, just a word document. I also can't even listen to music because if I hear a song, I'll start singing along. What I will do is I discovered this. He's an acoustic guitar player. Doesn't sing. I put on a little bit of light acoustic guitar and I just write. And for about 4:30 to maybe 6:30, when the kids and Stephanie would start rising upstairs, boom, I'm done. The last three to four, I, the last four books I wrote and published in 60 days. So I recognize I'm easily distracted. I'm, I'm easily bored because Stephanie says I've got the um, patience of a gnat. I just like boom, boom, boom. So I realize that's my zone. And if I can sleep a little bit less during this 30 to 60 day period, boom, I crank out another book. So that's part of what it is. So stake in the ground and also realizing when is a time that you're like less likely to be either let more board and, or when do you have the energy to focus and push through? Yeah. I like that you say that. And the zone's different, right? Because I, I, there's this movement happening in the world where it's like, get up at 4am. I'm like, get up whenever the hell you want to get up, but do the thing you said you're going to do. And, right. and for me, you can ask anybody who knows me, ask my partner. She's like, dude, when the alarm goes off, stay away from me, Jim. Don't even come near me. Everything's on fire. Don't talk. Right. And so it takes me a while to get into it. But what I've come to discover is like, when I really like think about this, when I, when I narrow down the reason why I've been able to write two books, the third book's about to come out, have the podcast coach thousands of people around the world. It's because of self-accountability. There's so many people who they want it, right? They see it. I had a dinner with John Maxwell in February and he said something that, and it just sat with me so hard. You know, John Maxwell's probably the number one self-development author yeah. of all time in history, more than Napoleon Hill. It's unbelievable. So it's a real beautiful moment to be in this room with him and some other amazing people having dinner. And he said something that really, really fascinated me that I, it sits in my head every single day. Like, honestly, it does. Because he's up there, he's talking, he's doing the John Maxwell thing, right? And he goes, you know, people want to be where I am, but they don't want to be where I've been. That's right. And I was like, that is so fascinating. When you make up your mind about something, right? Get out of debt, write the book, start the business, get the boat, that stuff. How do you hold yourself accountable? Because I think so many people, they hear it and then it's like, and then what? Well, first of all, you're responsible for yourself. You're responsible for the things you do. And as much as I also believe in the boredom part, I've got another expression, delegate or learn to delegate or stay small forever, because there's only so many things you're going to do. Now, um, as far as the, the boredom piece, and by the way, I love John Maxwell. He was like, first Zig Ziglar lit me up. And then I kind of more because slightly different generations, I guess, but I heard him speak. He's phenomenal. But um, there are things that I know 
I will not get done. And I don't care how big the fire is under my butt. So I have people on my team and I don't have like a giant team, but I have people that will prepare my weekly easing. Here's all my content just because I won't get it done. If there's things that have to be done um, that, that are important to the business. And I know it, if I'll miss a day or so, I just delegate that. Right. And part of it is, uh, and I think there's also something to be said about when you op there's, when you operate your business with integrity, if the other part of that is being integrity with yourself. So when I made a decision that I wanted to work three days a week, very scary to do that. I mean, when I, when I announced my group, I'm not taking calls on Friday. And then I, six months later, I did my, Oh, Jim, Friday's my day. That's my day. I don't worry. Well, you can go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I didn't lose anybody. A couple people were mad, but it was, I, there were times when I'm like, I really should be working today, <laughs> you know? And, and there was, a, there was um, when we got our first boat, I stayed, I went down to the marina early and I remember I stayed on a Monday and I woke up and said, oh, I'm on my boat. I don't not work Mondays anymore. And I popped my head up. I was the only one in the marina. Everybody else was at work, gone. And I felt really, really guilty, Michael. And so part of that is you have to, part of it is I think you have to be, you have to be okay by living the life that you strive to create. I don't know if that mm. makes sense, but I think entrepreneurs get addicted to the chase and, 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 and the, the conquest. Entrepreneurs love the hunt. They love to build, but they don't like necessarily to run a business that they then created. And what I'm suggesting is that there are things that you hate doing and they're probably important to your business, <laughs> then realize that you're not going to get them done and, have, and te teach somebody to do them. How, I, want, I want to go deeper well. into that. I, I agree, but I want to go deeper because there are people who are listening who are absolutely not entrepreneurs. They don't okay. have teams. They want to do something. You, I know this for certain. Anyone who starts a business, 99% of the time starts it by themselves, right? Right. And so business aside, all of the things of life, all of the areas in which Jim has to be accountable to Jim first, mm -hmm. things that you can't delegate, you have to show up, you have to live, you have to execute because it's your dreams, right? It's like you said, be okay with living the life that you're striving for. Well, right. how do you do that, especially in the beginning? Because Jim, let's face it, you're a little bit more advanced. Not everybody's where you're at, right? So let's rewind so we can help people who are like, I need this right now. Well, here's here's the thing, and, and you don't hear this a lot with marketers and things like that. In the beginning, it's going to suck. You're going to work <laughs> harder than you've ever worked in your life. And I, I tell this with some coaching class, I say, Jim, I have saved up. I've got $32,480 and I'm going to give myself one year and that's it. I said, well, then this isn't going to work. Why not? Because 12 months in, you're going to be out of money or you're going to see this opportunity. and It's going to cost more money than you say you're only going to invest now. An example would be, and this has happened, You've been nurturing this prospective client. You're trying to get him because it's going to be a game changer. Well, you're, you're getting ready to head out on a Thursday. You're going to go see your son's baseball game. Phone rings at 430. You pick it up. Jim, it's John. Hey, I'm in town. My flight was canceled. What, do you want to get dinner? This is the guy you've been trying to get to see. Are you going to go to the baseball game or are you going to go? I'm not saying it's an easy choice, but mm. there are things you're going to have to do as an entrepreneur. It's going to be lonely because nobody's going to understand I, I encourage also new new time people, don't go to your family for support. Your family is there to protect you, kind of like your parents in a way, but they, they're going to protect you from getting hurt. Everything about being an entrepreneur is risky and there's a chance of getting hurt, right? You, you can get crushed. You can get criticized. You can lose your savings. You might lose your house, whatever. Your family is not who you go to for business advice. Go to a business coach. Go to somebody who's been through what it is that you're trying to do. You know, and when I say 80 hours a week, I literally, I don't, I never added it up, but I was probably pretty close for the first 10 years. Even as I, you know, by 2010, when I had probably five different businesses, I started coaching, I'm still working easily five days a week, you know, still doing my normal 530, 5, 530 and, and, you know, knocking off at six or 630 when Stephanie would come home. And I probably, it, it's no big deal to work on the weekend because it's my business. If I had something to do, I went and did it. But if I didn't, I'd probably be working. You know, it's, it, it is a very lonely job. It is not for the faint of heart. I've talked people out of becoming an entrepreneur after an initial conversation. One, of the, one lady had a very, so like, I can give it a year and I've got like $10,000. I just want to do this. Nothing big. I said, don't do it. I first said, can you afford to lose 10,000? No, I can't. I want to parlay it into a bigger, don't do it. And, and I would give her some reasons why, because, you know, 
there is risk, but it, you have to mitigate the risk, right? Do you have the drive? Is it going to like put you six feet under if you lose that money, so to speak? And, and so you have to, that's why it's good to work with somebody. I initially went to score, you know, you know, mm, when I was starting yeah. out. And, score group. And I've done that. The, yeah. And, you know, you talk to some guys with white hair and now I've got white on my face. You know, guys with white hair, usually corporate background. Yep. In some cases, they didn't understand what I've come to understand is the entrepreneurial mindset. It's a little more freewheeling, shoot from the hip type of thing. But um, they really gave me some great advice. I can't, probably can't remember too much of it now. But my point is, um, if you're just starting out, you, you have to be in it to win it. One of my my nautical expressions, I said, you cannot go fast if you got one foot on the dock and one foot in the boat. You have to pick one. Either you're going to play it safe and stay on shore or go get in the boat and head out to deep water because you can't, you know, you can't learn to swim in the shallow end of the pool. You have to go out there and, and yeah. invest in yourself. Yeah. And it's scary, man. You know, I've been, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much since I was a child. I mean, realistically, I go, I look at the fact that at eight years old, I was literally, because you know my story, and so does everyone listening to this, I was going and stealing candy from the big lots on the corner of 30th and Georgetown, and then knocking on people's doors at eight and nine o'clock at night in a Boy Scout uniform, because I was a Boy Scout, so that part was legit, and I was selling candy for a dollar. 100% margins, amazing business, amazing illegal. Let's be clear, but I was, but I was a child, right? And it was like, what are you willing to do? And so as I progressed and I started selling drugs in my teens, I watched my friends go to prison. My friends get murdered. I was like, okay, hold on, dude, what are you doing? And then it kind of switched. I land a corporate job, super young, hate Jim. I hate it. I cannot start. I goosebumps right now, literally because of how much I loathe working for people. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe that's just my contrarian nature. And so I start my first legal business and I realized how incredibly difficult it was. And this was 13 years ago, never yeah. looked back because I, I realized something really important about who I am. And I think part of it is honoring who you are. There's a thrill in it all. Like there really truly is. There's something that, and also it's admirable because you get to go and be amongst peers and other individuals who are pushing towards whatever their definition of greatness is as well. And and you mentioned mentoring a few different times in this. And I want to dive into that because as a coach myself, knowing you're a coach as well, I coach in mental health and people who get through trauma and we've worked with thousands of people. You know, it's amazing to see people's lives transform. But I'll tell you right now, and you know this, you've put out hundreds of podcasts and been a guest on hundreds of podcasts. I've done the same books, all the things that all exists out there. I never see the same amount of success from people who don't purchase a program. I never see the same amount of success from people who don't come to an event or a conference who don't actually put some skin into the game. Right. And, and it dawned on me when I was 26, I hired my first business coach, this guy, Sal Sincata, when I used to be a photographer and I was terrified, dude, it wasn't even that much money. Like relatively speaking, when I go back and I look at how much money it costs, it was like nothing. Right. But I was so scared. Right. I was so scared. And then it was a Brendan Burchard course that was 50 bucks. And I was terrified. I was like, what am I doing? $50. This guy can't help me. And now it's been more money than I can even begin to account. But I'll tell you this, man, every single penny that I've put into myself, the ROI is astronomical. I can't even measure it. And I'm not even talking about financially. And so what I'm wondering in, in your experience for you personally, what role has mentorship played for you? I wouldn't be here without mentors. And I'm, you know, I've worked with mindset coaches because I realized, um, so probably 2008, 2009, I'm doing better, but I still had over six figures of credit card debt from keeping the family afloat, food and all this other stuff and the early years of my business. And I, I had this horrible, I just, it weighed, it weighed me down. I mean, nobody likes credit card debt and you, people on The TV debt was weighing you down the debt was weighing me down. It was almost shameful that I had all this credit card debt. And um, this mentor said to me, you know what, Jim, you can't, you cannot save your way out of debt. You have to grow your way out of debt. Mm. At the time, one of my, my first uh, internet business was called No Hassle Newsletters. I probably had about a hundred members paying me like a hundred bucks a month for, for the newsletters. And he said, do you think you're uh, saturated, you know, with, with that? 
no, I got a hundred. I'd like to have a thousand or 500. He goes, do you think you could find two small business owners in each of the 50 states, just two who could use your program, two, two business owners in each of the 50 states? And I said, yeah, he goes, that's 100. You double the size of your business. And in one year, if you kept those 100 people, you pr- almost pay down your debt completely. And he reframed it, right? Mm. The other thing he said to me was, um, money is just a tool. He said, Jim, you're way too emotional about money as a measuring stick, as a source of shame because of the credit card debt, it's just a tool. It's not personal. It might be a gauge how much you're bringing in. He said, if you keep driving the revenue and, and you know, keep your control, your expenses, don't go wild with the Ferraris and things like that, then you're going to live a very good life. And he, it was true. But a year and a half, two years later, I, I was just about debt free because I, I realized I couldn't save my way. So the, the, the second part of that, you can't save your way out of debt because I had this opportunity, Michael, to uh, exhibit at a uh, at a Glazer Kennedy conference. Look, you oh, wow. Dan Kennedy and yeah. um, those guys. And uh, got three of his books over here. <laughs> yeah, all right there. So Dan and Bill are pro newsletters. That was my business. And Bill wanted $5,000 for a 10 by 10 piece of carpet in the lobby. He was selling and I had to build my own display. I built it. I went and got a bicycle box from the bike store so I could ship it because it wasn't one of these fancy ones that fold up and pull up. (laughs) So I built a display and shipped it to St. Louis, $5,000. I had to pay for my airline ticket, obviously. I wanted to stay in the hotel they recommended, but you know, it was like, I'm just going to guess 200 bucks a night instead of me finding one for $70. I mean, how bad do you want it, Jim? (laughs) I packed in my suitcase, a 12 pack of instant oatmeal because I figured I don't care how hot the water is. Maybe there's a coffee maker in the room, but I, I could fill my belly with oatmeal. All I I just didn't want to be hungry, but I didn't want to buy $40 eggs for three or four days. <laughs> and hey, Jim, we're going to lunch. Now nah, I'm good. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be on a podcast. I'd shoot up there and eat some more oatmeal. I mean, but the the end result is that event cost me ten thousand dollars between everything. And I brought in about five thousand dollars in new client business because of that. And it kind of went from there. I think over time, more people came out, but I didn't even break even. But for me, who was struggling with the credit card debt, I, it was it was kind of man up. Do you really want this or not? Just stop worrying about it. So get a credit card and, and go to St. Louis. and build. It was a turning point for me. It was a huge turning point because I went $10,000 further into debt when I was trying to get $10,000 less. But that mentor... I mean, there was a lot more work that he did to help me understand. He also introduced me to expression. I think he called it top of the stairs thinking. So if if uh, my younger brother and I, my parents would send us up to bed and instead of going to the bed, we'd sit at the top of the stairs and hear my parents talk, well, I don't know if we can do a vacation this year. Do we really need that much for groceries? They used to call me Jimmy and Jeff. Do Jimmy and Jeff really need new shoes or this, that, and the other thing? Which led you to believe that there's a very limited supply of money. And that's a program that a lot of people have, entrepreneurs or not, limited supply. There's, there's no limit to the money if you provide enough value to the marketplace. So that, that had to, I had to reframe that. And uh, so there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're, and that's what I say, uh, in, if you're brand new and thinking about going into business, you will work more hours. You'll invest more money. It's going to take longer. It's going to be harder than you can imagine. But if you go through with it and you're successful, it's going to be the most rewarding thing probably you'll ever do in your life. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, you know, it's funny because I look back at the early investments, right? I'm sitting here, I'm 50 grand in debt, right? I'm 25. Most 25-year-olds don't make a million dollars, but also yeah. most 25-year-olds aren't 50 grand in debt either. So let me tell you, I played both sides of that coin. And so I'm mm-hmm. sitting here, I see this ad for Brendan Burchard course. And I've shared this story so many times on the show. I'll keep it quick. But effectively, I looked down at my shoes. I had Jordans on, 12s. They had just come out. They were $300. Wow. And Jim, I was like, oh, you care about your shoes more than you care about yourself. And I bought that course because I was like, yeah, what's another 50 bucks? Screw it. But that started, right? That started the thing where I realized what it was, was believing in myself, was betting on myself, was putting myself in a position to be successful. Because here's the truth about it. You can go about this journey by yourself, 
And I promise you, it's going to take you longer. It's going to be harder. It's going to cost you more money. And it's going to eventually going to wear you out. And you're going to be like, why am I even doing this? It's not working. Well, it's not working because you don't know what you don't know. And when you can bring in people who know what you don't know, because they didn't know it before and somebody taught them and they figured it out and now you can know it your life becomes different. And so I always encourage people. I'm always like, you know, if you're just beginning this journey, hire somebody, even if you're only paying them 25 bucks, cause that's all you can afford. You will find a coach who's ahead of you. Who's willing to do it for 25 bucks. I promise you. That's right. You'll also find the ones who would do it for 25,000. Let me be clear about that. Cause they exist too. <laughs> and so I think it's really one of those things where you've got to be willing to invest on yourself and that mindset shift just into the investing in yourself arguably is probably the greatest shift that you can have. When, when you made that first investment to a, to a mentor, what was, why did you decide to do it? Because generally speaking, most people don't do it on a whim, right? No, no. And I don't know if it's the lion's paw, the thorn finally went in deep enough, but I think what had happened is, well, first of all, there was that, that was right about the time period where, you know, we we're really- And you were still about, in debt at this time. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, just and, to be uh, clear. <laughs> oh, definitely. And that's what, so and I had a spreadsheet like, okay, this credit card has 0% interest through here. This one is, and I'm just like, boom, 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 boom. I did that for like years, got very good at it. And, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring that whole situation. And, um, you know, what's interesting with the whole, um, the money mindset piece and, and actually your story about the, the Jordans and I'm no, I'm not a trained psychologist, but I think sometimes we do things as we think it makes us feel good. But in reality, we're we're trying to put on a facade for other people or trying to win their approval. Right. So one of the things that I think holds some entrepreneurs back is um, the perception of other people not thinking they're either successful or they're not worthy or whatever. And some people don't do things for the fear of criticism yes. or another big one. I'm sure we could spend an hour on is imposter syndrome and, and, Everybody, I've had that. And totally. I, one of my largest clients was doing $34 million a year, an entrepreneur, and he had it. We all, it's like, we're, we're, if you feel like you're going to be found out or the success you're having is just by luck, that's imposter syndrome, right? And so you have to work through these things. Um, what's, what's interesting to me um, is one of the things that I've, I've helped people, if, if, if you're thinking, boy, that's me, fear of criticism, is make a decision. There's the word decide. You want to decide that from this day forward, you're going to choose to be judged on the value of the, of the content, the value of the information, the value of the service you provide, and not the imperfect way in which you provide it. Right. So that as an example, Michael, my first book, which was the news, magic news that are marketing took me a year and a half to put that out. It actually took me about nine months to write and nine months to get the courage to put it out because my name's on there real big Jim Palmer. I don't want people to find out. I'm so challenged with the English language. You know, I have S O N instead of S U N and I read that thing nine ways from Sunday. And you know what? So the book launches and this is back before print on demand. I actually had to order 3000 books. I had no idea if I'd sell 30. Right? <laughs> very um, different world. It's a very different world. And so the book goes out and it starts selling because people are following me. I, I branded myself the newsletter guru early on. And th thanks to Dan's mentoring, you got to anoint yourself, right? Totally. And, um, <clears throat> about two months later, I'm thinking, wow, I, I don't know. I might have sold a couple thousand books at the time. And I get an email. Hey, Jim. I just wanted you to know on page 37, you have a dangling participle in your book. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I was like, I knew it. I knew I should have run away. I, to this day, Michael, I don't know what a dangling participle is. But I have no I, idea what that is. I know. So I sent that. Here's, here's my very impressive reply. Hey, thanks. I'm going to let my team of editors know that the next printing, we're going to have that fixed. And then little, little thing nudged me here. And I went, okay. And I hit calm. And I said, by the way, what'd you think of the book? Wrote back, Jim freaking loved it. I now know under, I understand what kind of content to put in, how often you should do it. I know what paper to put it on. He, he read the whole book and loved it. And the light bulb went off for me. And I said, what do you know about that? My imperfect book is making me money and providing value. And from then on, 
I'm a, we're all a work in progress. Nobody wants to be like criticized, but I, I take it with a grain of salt and people go, Oh, you're always, you're always shooting videos on your boat. Not everybody's interested in your boat. Okay. Well, you're not see ya, you know, or just, you know, certain things you do and the way you market and decisions you make about your business, you will have criticism, but you, I promise you, if you be your authentic self, you're going to attract more of the people you're meant to do business with as you repel others who just shouldn't be in your world. 100%. And, you know, obviously, if you don't know Dan Kennedy, we should create a little bit of context. He's he's a marketing guru, um, guy, human. He, he's Dan Kennedy. You just, if you yes. don't know him, you don't know him. But, but you're spot on because it's just one of the things he talks about. If you haven't pissed anybody off by lunchtime, you're not trying hard enough. That's right. right? And, and I, and I think there's some truth to that because we, we often want to pretend that we're somebody else. We want to hide, to cower, to be a chameleon for the fear of judgment of shame. You know, putting your name on the cover of a book can be scary because you'll get the email about the dangling, whatever the hell you just said. And for a moment you'll be like, what? Oh my God, I should you know, delete the whole book. Let me take it all down. This is crazy. I have spent tens of thousands, maybe $80,000 on Dan Kennedy products. In fact, to the degree, I think I have that, but he's got such a great deal. It's only 1997. I bought it. You know, I, I just believe in him so much. And I when the first time I heard him speak, so this is a lesson about, uh, about uh, investing in yourself, putting skin in the game. So I'm sitting in this audience. I don't know. There might be 2,000 people there. This is when the GKIC was really rocking and rolling. And he goes through his hour-long thing, and he goes, look, there's order forms coming here. Um, here's the deal, and I'm just going to shoot straight with you. And I know Dan rehearses everything, so he made it look off the cuff, but it's 100% planned, right? For sure. And uh, he goes, half the people in this room recognize the value I just delivered, and they also recognize that if you invest in this 1997 program, your life is going to change some degree or whatever, it's going to change for the better. And half the room are going to sit on their thumbs and they're going to be in the same place they were last year. You make a decision which group you're in. Now, at that moment, I think it was my first event and I'm still like, oh God, I'm still eating my oatmeal in my room. And I'm like, I don't want to be the one sitting in my chair, right? Boom, right to the back of the room. And, and those courses have, I've written him personal letters by fax, told him how much he changed my life. He made that life possible for me. I swear to God, the mm. whole coaching he did that for me um so yeah look up dan kennedy he's a get just get all of his books they're brilliant yeah uh, if you're in marketing if you want to build a business if you want to be successful he's a you love him or hate him he's he's right you know what i mean and, and i agree with it and i think you know i look at my mentorship i look at the investments i've made in myself you know the, i hired john lee dumas who runs entrepreneur on fire to coach me in podcasting it was the, I won't tell you how much, but it was the most expensive 10 minutes of my entire freaking life. And, <laughs> and, and it was so worth it, Jim, because I don't know what I don't know. And I, and I, and I face this truth of this reality that it's okay. It's like the same way you end up going into that support group for unemployed people. Yeah, it's scary. Do it. Yes. Shut up and go anyway. You want to invest in yourself? Shut up and do it anyway, because I swear, I don't know if you think this is true or not, so I want your opinion, but dude, every time I step over that chasm of terror, life mm -hmm. is better. So if, if we have, a, I got to take about three minutes and tell you a story, if that's cool. So yeah, yeah. I call this my most embarrassing moment as an entrepreneur, and it relates to investing. So if somebody's thinking about being a business owner, this might scare you off, but if you're going to, it, it'll help you. So when I started my coaching program, launched it with great fanfare, seven people joined the first year, two of them were comp. So I had, you know, but so I, but I went from there, I went to like 12 and then grew and grew. And I've had literally, you know, probably uh, almost a thousand people over 13 years. But I, I decided at this point, it's like, 2010, 11, 12. And I'm really starting to fix my mindset by working with some mentors. And I have no problem investing in myself because the more I invest in myself, the faster I was becoming debt free. So I was getting that relationship between growing. Right. And so I had this opportunity to join this mastermind. I'm, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. It's where I am now. This was in California. So I had to buy a plane ticket, fly all the way out there. But there were some really uh, high level coaches in there. And I, I, I needed to learn what they knew. Right. And um, <clears throat> so there's about six people there. One guy kind of, I don't want to say I idolize him, but he's like, oh, he's like probably a two and a half million dollar coaching program. <laughs> and um, he's kind of running the group. 
And he says, so what do we just go around the table? Does anybody want to go first? And literally my foot is tapping on the floor with nervous anxiety. Right. I said, no, I'll go. Cause I didn't want to sit there the whole day with nerves just racking. So I go up to the front of the room and I say, this is what I'm doing. These are my different companies, blah, blah, blah. I paint this whole picture. And he says, um, Hey Jim, let me ask you something. Got a question for you. And I said, and I'm in my, the little voice in my head goes, soak it in. This is going to be great, Jim. He goes, I'm aware that you want to have a, a big coaching program, maybe like me or some of the other people in the room. I've studied you. I know what you're doing by way of marketing your business, but I also know what you're not doing, Jim. And my question is this very simple. What makes you think you're entitled to achieve the same levels of success that me and maybe some of these other people have? But yet you're not willing to do the work that we've done. How does that work for you? Oh, my God, Michael, mm. fire engine red rushed over my face, I'm sure. I don't, I, to this day, I'm not 100% sure how, how I get out of their life. But I flew home cursing myself out, you big pussy. I'm so sorry, I can't say that. You big pants, whatever. I, I let myself have it. I will never be put in that position again. I, what were you, before, I have to ask, what were you not doing? I wasn't speaking because I'm still afraid of public speaking. Mm. I wasn't doing my own live events. If you're a coach, put on your own three-day event. That's the way to fill your coaching program. I can't do that. I'd have to speak for three days, let alone half an hour. And by the <laughs> way, if you, if you put on your own coach or uh, three-day seminar, you could be anywhere from $10,000 to $50,000 in the hole before anybody comes. All these guarantees for rooms, you got to buy food and beverage. You got you to guarantee a certain number of sleeping rooms. I mean, there's a it's a big deal. Um, I was starting to do some video, but you know, I thought my, I, I have a funny voice. I can't look in the camera. I just, you know, all the self-criticism and I get over all that. And I didn't, to me, I, with, here's where my impatience, patience of a gnat worked for me. I didn't want to do like Toastmasters and see if that worked or Dale Carnegie and see if that worked. I did it all. I, I joined Dale Carnegie was 12 weeks. I went to a profes professional hypnotherapist for four times. And then he gave me these things, tapes to work with. I think there were tapes or CDs. And I did all this stuff. And over about six to eight months, I kicked that demon to the curb. And my first speaking gig wasn't in front of 12 people. Lee Miltier from Dan Kennedy's group called me and said, um, hey, Jim, Bill and I are putting the group this, this mastermind called Peak Performance. You've probably heard of it. We were putting us about a hundred and this is her language. And I have no doubt that it's, but we have a hundred high powered entrepreneurs going to be in the room. Can you come give an hour talk on newsletter marketing? And this is me going, remember that plane ride you schmuck. So I said, yes. And I crushed it. And that mm. was the beginning of a very successful speaking career. I put on eight of my own dream business Academy, three day events added probably, I mean, easily, probably a million dollars in coaching over the years by doing that. So because that guy, I won't say his name, held that mirror to my face and made me face my own uh, shortcomings, fears, demons, whatever. And I decided that's it. And I crushed them. And, you know, not only did it turn out, I enjoy speaking, I'm pretty good at it. And as I said, it, it's made me a lot of money. So all those years that I held off, shame on me, but that's just part of the journey, right? Yeah. I mean, it totally is. And, and I love that. And that's why mentorship is so effective. You know, and I, I tell my, my clients this and I think catches them off guard, but I'm just being completely honest when they sign that dotted line and they invest and they come into this program, I tell them this, I am not here to be your friend. I am here to be your coach. Yep. And, and it is amazing to watch people's lives transform. That doesn't mean we can't be friends after, but when you're in this program, we've got a mission. I'm, I'm here to I'm not coddle you, not to hold your hand. It's not that I'm not empathetic and supportive and I love you because I do, but let's go. It's time. And that's and what my coaches have I, done it, for me. Yeah, it's because I love you and because you invested in me. That's why I'm going to kick your butt. And that's why yes. I'm going to get you to the other side. Yes. And, and you know, what's really beautiful about it, man, is like when you're able to watch that just from a coach's perspective, when I'm able to see that happen in my client's life, literally the favorite thing in my entire career is the conversation where they go, Hey man, this has been great. I'm ready to go on to what's next. And I'm like, that's the whole point, baby. Jim, my friend, this has been amazing, amazing conversation, what a, what brother. Joy talking with you, Michael. This For sure. Wow. Before I ask you my last question, okay. tell everyone where they can find you. 
Uh, my home base is getjimpalmer.com. It can't be Jim Palmer because there's turns out there's a baseball player in Baltimore who's now retired. But getjimpalmer.com is where you can find me. My podcast, links to all my programs and books can be right there. Brilliant. And of course, we'll put that link in the show notes. My last question for you, my friend. What does it mean to you to be unbroken? I think to me, and, and only uh, only with hindsight of what I've gone through, can I say this now? Un- unbroken means no regrets. No regrets. I don't, I'm not somebody who lives with... Um, uh, what do they, what do they call that list? You, things you want to do before you die. Gosh, oh yeah. Just, bucket list. The bucket list. Thank you. Boom. <laughs> no bucket list. Live your life, create the life that you want to live today and have the balls to live it. Mm. And if you're fortunate enough, create a business that will sustain the life you want to live. No regrets. Yeah. I love that, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see you. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.